Today's Mob Rules is brought to you by a random FAQ. Uh, a random correction, um, I would say, not, okay. not a random FAQ. Yeah, a cor- um, correction of the FAQ. I would, I should, I which should was, say, which was which was pretty good. I mean, like I saw some people complaining. They were like, "Come on, GW, correcting your own FAQ." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's way better than like ten years ago when you were like, oh man, that was a rules fuck up." I guess we'll have to wait until maybe next year to get that fixed. Hello, Orc Codex. Good for two editions. <laughs> uh, my name is John. I'm joined by Danny. And sadly, not by Dave today. Oh, um, so we decided we're going to talk about the dark, new Dark Imperium, well, newish, but Dark Imperium book, Plague War. Um, I think Dave wanted to get far too into character for it. So he actually went and got fantastically ill. Sure. Um, so, yeah, no no Dave today, but that's okay. Danny and I are going to lock this down and kind of keep it going. Hopefully, we'll have less arguments about how a book goes. Um, <laughs> we can, and the and podcast will be 33% younger. <laughs> Got to fit in that old joke. Yeah, sure. Um, if, if you, uh, you want to send your uh, get well wishes to Dave, um, please use the hashtag at Dave's Pussy. <laughs> And, you know, and Dave sucks works too. If you want to just, you know, keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it up. Uh, Dave sucks sickness. Um, but Hey, Danny, (laughs) what, what have you been up to? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll start with you. Yeah. It's been, it's been an exciting, uh, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, since we last recorded, we had our, uh, States almost a grand tournament. (laughs) Wait, is it the, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. We were close, but we didn't quite make it, which is, <clears throat> I think it was a combination of things, uh, why we didn't reach GT status. Uh, we only got 21 people to sign up and play the first day. Right. So I'm not sure what, uh, maybe there's an oversaturation of GT, potential GT level events in the community right now. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know because it's like uh, we have Midnight Sun coming up is kind of the only new GT here. And it's seeing about the same level of sign up as, uh, as the last tournament did. Um, the, the attendance was down about 50% from last year, which is the crazy part. Um, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people were saying they couldn't make that weekend for various reasons. We have a big military community up here and it was like a drill weekend too. Yep, so that's true. Um, a lot of things went into it. It was in a weird spot. It was originally slated for the week before, but then uh, magic, the gathering had some kind of big pre-release and in mother's day and mother's day. And you know, you might be able to fuck with mother's day, but you cannot mess with <laughs> magic, the gathering pre-release. If we want absolutely wanna, not John, if, if we want to have a store that still exists, uh, all, so. all true facts. So, uh, yeah, it was a little unfortunate, but it seems like you had a blast anyway. I mean, I pointed out you had your list up on best coast pairings, like a good person. Uh, so <laughs> unlike some of you other scumbags, Nate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brett Necrons. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see my list, feel free to check it out on BCP. Um, uh, it'll it's, it should be still up there. Uh, so I took Necrons. I, I played five wonderful games. Um, mm, excuse me. No, you're good. See, the so, new board automatically cut that out. Yeah, well, that's great. Ooh. 
It was a it was a vomity sound. All right, so <laughs> I wasn't trying to like hold back like some bile like or anything like that about the tournament because I had an awesome time. It was a great tournament, and I highly recommend anybody in Alaska come play in it. Uh, so my first game I played against uh, uh, Randall and his Eldar Flyers. Oh yeah, 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 that looked fun. <laughs> so I did a little bit of pregame. Like I didn't know who I was playing, obviously, but like. Uh, I was I, I put up a reminder on our Facebook on our local Facebook page to like submit your list and Randall said oh yeah I already put mine up and I said oh I didn't know that was your list I thought that was a joke list <laughs> <laughs> um, so of course I end up drawing him first round right after that uh, which is fine um, so he had uh, three Crimson Hunter X arcs three or two Hemlocks and a Phoenix Bomber which Ooh. was an interesting choice nice uh, two Night Spinners uh, some Shining Spears. Three units of Rangers, Autark, and a Farseer on foot. You know, I'm a really big fan of Night Spinners. I don't they're think, really cool. I don't think they get enough love. You know, and they're really cheap too, which mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, they're, they're, they're like, you know, they don't need line of sight. You can right? hide them. Yeah, they're they a great do, distraction. They have two flat damage on their attacks, which is nice too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're cool. And it's a good complement to the Eldar Air Force actually because they're fast so they can flee yeah. if they need to. Um, and yeah. So I ended up playing Randall uh, first round. Um, I got the first turn, and he put his Shining Spears on the line, which I thought was an interesting choice. Okay. Um, <laughs> so his expansive, fragile unit that hits hard, yep. if it charges, he yep. put in front of your Necron gun line. Yep. Okay. So we killed them on the first turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, I killed them. I killed... Uh, I flew my... My scythes up. They killed some stuff. Uh, I did a. I did their stratagem, and it worked out fairly well. I almost. I got a whole as big a unit of rangers that was hiding. So, so what is that stratagem you were using? Oh, there? I'm sorry. For, yeah, yeah. So for, uh, for someone like me, obviously I know what it is. <laughs> but for someone uh, listening, if you have three doom scythes in your army, it's kind of like the vindicator linebreaker squadron. So you pick uh, uh, you or line, linebreaker bombardment is what it's called now. Um, you pick a point within 24 inches of all of them, and uh, every unit within three takes 3d3 mortal wounds on a four-up, and you get minus one if they're a character and plus one if they are uh, have five or more models for that particular one. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I got his Autark, <laughs> uh, the uh, knight, uh, uh, knight Spinner, and his unit of Rangers within three. And then, uh, <clears throat> so I didn't hit the Autark, unfortunately, which made me sad. Right. I tried even on the reroll because I was like, yeah, might as well. If I can nuke this guy, that'd be great. <laughs> One step closer. Uh, but I hit the, the I, I hit the next printer for eight mortal wounds. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hit, a, I hit a plane, too. I did, I did uh, no, I did eight wounds to the plane and five wounds to the night spinner and wiped out the ranger squad. Oh, no, I got them down to two models, and then I used Immotech to lightning them off the table. Oh, jeez, yeah. Because that doesn't require line of sight or anything. It just does D6 mortal wounds on a two plus. <laughs> Seems so, fair. Yeah, no, it's, it was great. Yeah. So I killed them, killed the Shining Spears, and then basically the game was over pretty quick. He killed a bunch of stuff because planes are pretty killy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also managed to get sudden death on him on turn three. So that means I wiped out all of the units that he had on the all the non-flyer uh, battlefield roll units on the table. Which is kind of like your ultimate goal when you see that list, right? It's just like straight away. Yeah, it depends. Some lists are good at killing the flyers, but mine is not great. So, uh, uh, yeah. So I I figured that was going to be my best option, especially after I had a really good first turn of like 
really piling on the damage. Yeah, so. it certainly sounds like it would be a frustrating first round for Mr. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, uh, we, I, so we posted scores after that. Um, there was some contention about it because everybody thinks that rule is called, uh, boots on the ground. Right. Uh, but it's not, it's called sudden death. And so like, uh, he looked at his rule book after we're, after the match was over and we tallied up scores and he's like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. And I said, well, yes, it does. Here's where it is. And showed the judges and they were like, oh yeah. Okay. Results stands. Yeah. So, uh, next round, I end up. Do you think at that point he did like the Joe Bluth? I made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is yes, that is exactly yeah. <laughs> he also he made some be- he made some mistakes too when he was playing as well. Uh, like he forgot to move one of his flyers and then cast a bunch of psychic powers and then realized that he didn't move it and he was like, oh, well, my bad, it's dead. I said, uh, yeah, if you hadn't already casted a power, like it would have been fine. I would have yeah. let you move it or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, uh, game two, uh, I saw the, I saw who was potentially, cause there was some tied scores. So I'm like, all right, well either I'm going to get this guy or this guy. And I definitely got the draw, the draw that I wanted to. I got, I played against, uh, Linton. He had space wolves and a dark angels detachment. <clears throat> so we had 18 old best friends. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect allies. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, he had uh, 18 Wolfen and two squads uh, with Thunderhammer Storm Shields. Okay. A unit of uh, nine Wolfguard Bikers, <clears throat> five with Combi Meltas, and four with uh, Storm Bolters and Storm good. Shields. That's a shitload of Bolter shots. It's 72 Bolter shots. Yeah. <laughs> Plus five Melty Guns if he wants to. Ooh. And then uh, he had some supporting characters and five or three units of five scouts. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, it's a foot slugging army against me and i can and, and yeah it has a bunch of three up saves but i don't really care because my damage comes from volume of output right not from quality of shots and so uh like first turn flew up the doom size did the did the strat uh killed a wolf priest with jump pack did six mortal wounds to wolfen one unit of wolfen and then five to the unit of bikers and so that was that was brutal no i did none to the bikers because i missed that one I, even on the reroll that was said um <laughs> But yeah, basically I had I had some really good rounds of shooting and he just couldn't take it. And excuse me, since he said everything on the board, I was able to shoot him. Uh I let him go first even, like so because sure. I wanted him to get into range. Um but yeah. That was a pretty crushing defeat. You know, when I, I see stuff like that, it makes me think that um uh index is should be uh, not allowed for match play anymore. As much fun as kind of Wolf guard bikers with storm bolters and like seventy two shots. <laughs> um, I like kind of things like that. I, I don't see a place for indexes anymore. I, I get you. I, I see. I definitely see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. right? Like I and I agree. Just for like simplicity of match play, sure. you yeah. know. And uh, an interesting fact: uh, the ETC doesn't allow index entries. They only allow codex entries, right? And no Forge World, right? Which might not be a bad way to play, to be honest. Like that's not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, I mean, I could live with Forge World. I think up here our meta is kind of it's been like that for so long. Sure, that, you know we're all kind of used to it. But at the same time, I think at this point indexes are being used to kind of game around a little bit rather than. I would say that there are just as many stupid rules in the index as there is in Forge World, and like the Forge World rules writing is is kind of wonky sometimes. Yeah, and so like and the units there are just. 
some of them are very under point underpointed for what they do. Not right. that I like, and I love the Forge World models and the units are really sure. Cool. I just yeah. want them to be balanced with the rest of the game a little bit. Which better. you know, hopefully, chapter approved, two thousand thirty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> two thousand thirty. They'll really dial it in. <laughs> so game three, I play against our friend uh, Tim Hoopster. Oh, you play against Timmy? Yeah, I play, that was oh, my third man. game. So because we're at the top of the the bracket sure. right now, right? So we're 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 in first place playing Tim with his original list. <laughs> uh, so Tim Huber original, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, so <laughs> yeah Tim. Uh, so uh, Tim ran Don exact copy of Don Hoosen's BAO list that he just brought. So uh, three Helldrakes, three Lord Discordants, uh, three Derideo Dreadnoughts, three uh, Hellforge Contemptors, uh, all Purge, so they can reroll misses if a thing has taken a wound. Uh, yeah, the list is really good. Um, I, I, I think, so I've been doing a lot of soul searching in this game and trying to figure out what I could have done a little bit differently. Um, there were just a couple of things that didn't like swing my way when I needed them to. Right. Uh, like I, like twice I left Lord Discordance on one wound left after shooting. Like I just could not finish them off. Right. Cause the two plus armor save is killer for my army. And then, uh, and also once with a Helldrake that was down to like two wounds. So I was like, oh, I really needed that to go a little bit differently. Um, but, you know, that's the way the dice go sometimes. That's okay. Uh, I think if I was, a, actually, this is funny. If I was a little bit more aggressive, I think that I would have won. Uh, because, like, uh, the Lich Guard actually are pretty good against a Lord Discordant. Mm-hmm. I was doing the math the other day. Like, they'll mess him up pretty good. Yeah, they'll take some wounds in return. But sure. But man, they uh, if you especially if you use the uh, dispersion field stratagem to give them plus one strength, mm-hmm. so then they're strength seven, so they wound them on threes. That's that's pretty brutal. That's pretty, not bad. Yeah, so that, that that would definitely help. So next time, I'll uh, I'll do I'll do the right thing and uh, I'll uh, I'll wipe those stupid stupid purge off the table. Uh, but I lost that game. Uh, I think it was twenty or thirty-one to like twenty-five, something like that. So it was. It wasn't like a blowout or anything. Right. I got a lot of points out of the loss, so that's fine. Uh, so intermission, we go party with Fairbanks guys, Dave and Buster's, which was fun. It's good to see everybody that we don't always get to see, uh, especially uh, like my perennial nemesis, Eric. Oh, you um, mean the true the true host of the podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He voted to kick John out. Yeah, he voted to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> and replace you with two people somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what that says to me? That I'm just that necessary. Yeah, dude. You're, yeah. you're worth two regular people. Yeah. Just regular people, though. Yeah, nothing, but not good people. Special, <laughs> not, not good people. <laughs> um, Redistribute my podcast. <laughs> So, uh, game four, uh, play against Matt Morse, friend of the podcast, great guy, great guy. amazing painter. Cosmonaut on Reddit, and you yep. can see all of his amazing runic work on his Grey Knights oh and my his God. Knights. Yeah, so I found out, I didn't know this before, he hand paints all of that stuff. Yeah, There's no you didn't know that? No, I was like, what? <laughs> I asked him how he did the glow, because like one year I got him for like Secret Santa, right? And like that was the year I did like the shirtless Thunderhammer Grey Knight, where like I did like a bunch of... Uh, gloss varnish on his chest to make it look oil oiled up and everything i use like sexy a, like a chaos acolyte torso on it it looked it, i think it turned out pretty good yeah um but it's like hey how do you do your rune work because i wanted to give him like a sick tribal tattoo on the arm yeah it was like runic and he told me and i'm like yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> awesome um so matt brought a list that was actually really good against me 
he brought a knight Atropos uh, and two knight Crusaders, um, one with a battle cannon, one with a thermal cannon, and then a Skitari battalion and a, uh, a guard battalion. Nice. So good amount of CP. Um, he sprung for the Eversor Assassin, which was a good choice. Uh, and he put a two plus armor save on the Atropos with Landstrider. So I knew it was like going to go be in my lines on first turn. Yeah. Uh, Landstrider, for those who don't know, is plus two inches to assault and uh, advanced rolls. Mm-hmm. And knights have a stratagem called full tilt so they can advance and still charge. Thank you for explaining <laughs> that for people who don't know. Yeah. Not me, but well, people. And, yeah. and also the Atropos advances 2d6 instead of 1d6. So Ooh. it's 14 inches plus 2d6 plus 2, and then assaulting 2d6 plus 2. Oh, so yeah, he he's in another table <laughs> turn one. So uh, what I did is I just like lined the Lich Guard up in a way that he couldn't get past them to, re- to the rest of my army. Because <laughs> he didn't have a jump back to get right, over Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I hid behind them for like two turns because it took me three freaking turns to kill the atropos like with Jesus. my destroyers like it just would not die um he kept making all of these four up saves on it i was i was trying not to get too frustrated about it because like but like it was getting very frustrating towards the third round and like then he eventually died okay that's fine uh and then i think i managed to kill one of the other knights but mm-hmm. i didn't i couldn't touch one of them because it was just too tough right uh, which is fine. Um, and I ended up winning that game on objectives because it was the three objective mission and I managed to actually take his objective. I mean, it's kind eventually. of what you have to do in that situation, right? Because you're not taking the knights down. Like when you're relying on weighted shots, and especially in a game where you're just up against like Lord Discordance and everything, and you're right. like two ups everywhere, then you kind of have to just uh, play to the mission. Yeah, exactly. And like I could do, I can deal with a three up armor save knight, no problem. Sure. Like because just weight of strength five shots, wounded on fives is fine. Like as long as I get to make them take like 10 armor saves every single time I shoot at them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I won that game by a pretty significant margin. First couple turns were pretty rough though. Crusaders put out so much. Crusaders are so good. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, and then I played against our fifth game. Um, so right now I'm three and one, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Sure. Um, so I end up playing against our teammate and we're playing on table two. So, Right below the top table. Right. Um, and so I'm like, all right, well, you know, if I can go four and one, that would be great. Um, and I was, uh, there was a couple of different people that it might have been again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got paired against the person I didn't want to fight, <laughs> which was our teammate Taylor, who's got a really nasty admec list. So yeah. he's got like. Finely tuned admec yeah, list. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so it's got like 18 servitors. Uh, sorry, not servitors, but Cataphron uh, uh, breachers, <clears throat> uh, a, a crusader, of course, with the two up armor save, my freaking bane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he had uh, uh, he had a, he had three onagers and a bunch of Katari. Oh, and he had a unit of twenty of the uh, uh, the Secutari. Uh, what are they called? Uh, the hoplites, the guys with oh, the spears yeah, and shields. Yeah, yeah, those guys are really good. Um, so I got first turn, which I was super jazzed about because this game was like, I had to go all out right at the beginning to try and like just cripple him as much as I possibly right. could. So I got off another rad, uh, <laughs> another rad application of that doomsize strategy, <laughs> um, where I killed his warlord, uh, and I killed a unit. Uh, I got a lot of wounds on a unit of servitors and then a lot of un- wounds on another unit of servitors. 
And then I, between my other shooting, I finished off a unit of servitor of the Catafrons. And then I also killed all of the Pelt, uh, all of the, uh, Secutari mm-hmm. as a screen out front. So I killed all of them. So that was huge because I killed like 500 points of his army or more right off the bat. But unfortunately I played, I forgot about the new aircraft screening rule. And so I had meant to put my, <laughs> one of my jets in a way that his knight couldn't get past it. So I'd, it would buy myself a little bit of time. I'm sure as far as pressure goes, but that didn't work out for me. So his knight was able to get past the the jet because of my inexperience with planes, um, which is unfortunate. Like I could have played that a little bit cleaner, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's on hey, me live and learn. That's right. Um, but the story of this game basically is I couldn't deal with a knight. Um, he did a bunch of damage to my destroyers and he killed four out of the six mm-hmm. on his turn. And then I failed all of my reanimation protocols, which is not even with usual. a reroll, yeah. uh, which is, which is too bad. Um, and basically I tried to move them to hide them, but I couldn't move them far enough. And the knight was able to, uh, to kill the rest of them on his turn, mm-hmm. um, which is tough. Uh, but you know, that's again, that's the way it goes sometimes. And once the destroyers are gone, then I have absolutely no way to deal with a knight. Right. The knight's too, uh, too tough for the two up armor save. And I've only got the doom sites with their guns, uh, which are not really reliable. Uh, and then I have like lich guard and my characters in combat and that's not, that's not going to do it either. Um, so I did manage to get him down to six wounds by the end of the game, just because I had to focus some firepower on him sure. to make him use the active act as if on full. Um, but yeah, I did some janky tricks, did some cool assault stuff, um, uh, kept stuff in combat, locked it up so he couldn't shoot me and then fell back and shot it. Cause I fly on the bikes and stuff like that. <clears throat> so that ended up being a super close game. It was, uh, 20 25 to 28 that is really so a super close game at the end it's like uh i dominated the first two turns and then he dominated the last right because he had a little bit more resilience to that kind of stuff there i just i couldn't i couldn't uh i couldn't keep up i couldn't keep up with him so but yeah great game great great opponent i can't say enough good things about taylor he's he's a great guy yeah so but yeah that was my state's experience i went three i went three and two i think i got uh, fifth place, which is good. good. Yeah, I made I made the board this year finally. There you go. Which is weird. I don't know. I win like I win so many tournaments. It's like it was surprising to me. It's I your Achilles heel. Yeah, states. I always something happens with that. Anyway, so and yeah, it's yeah, it longer than three rounds. It just it tests <laughs> tests the stamina. <sighs> so yep. Uh, so that was my experience. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Other than that, I've been working on, I uh, built some Night Lord Terminators that turned out really nice. Yeah, I saw those, those uh, Shapeways parts. Oh, man, they look so cool. Yeah, they, they're amazing with the spears yeah. and, like, the little risky things. I'm like, oh. Uh, and they, they look like coconut. Oh, yeah, and that's the important part. Right. I'm thinking of putting a coconut on one of their bases, like a broken coconut. Oh, so do it. To memorialize do that it. smell. Because you're going to have to seal it up now, and it's not going to be fresh anymore. Right, they won't be coconut fresh anymore. Or just call one of them, like, Jimmy Buffet. Oh, like Jimmy Buffett. Terminator. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Oh, uh, also, as far as painting goes, we had a listener ask me uh, how the paint applies to some of the shape waste parts. Yeah. Well, I'm painting up uh, my Havocs right now. I'm almost done with them. Um, but the paint applies just fine. They're not quite as smooth as like your GW plastic is, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that, but they're really close and they look great. So, cause I mean, I've got some Imperial fists, uh, shoulder logos from Shapeways, but sure. Sure. Um, and for those, like I was able just to straight GW prime white over it. And then I just sharpied on the black parts and it, it sticks works perfectly. Like yeah, yeah. It works like a charm. I haven't had any issues with Shapeways stuff. I don't even wash it. <gasps> That's the craziness. I know. <laughs> oh boy. Well, what about you, John? Well, I've been in kind of a, uh, a holding pattern recently. Oh, uh, okay. So the last couple of weeks, parental leave actually go back to work tomorrow. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm excited. bro. Whew. After almost two months, I'm going to have to go back to work for the past couple of weeks. Um, I've been kind of like stay at home dadding and, and a very grumpy small baby uh, has not left Aww. me much time. Um, but I organized my paint station, so that's all good and ready to go. Uh, awesome. Right over there, Daniel. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that is sexy, dude. Yeah. So, so what I did is I picked up a couple of nail polish uh, holders, acrylic ones from Amazon. Um, and right behind them, I have all of my spray cans. Um, and then inside, I have like a little place to hang my airbrush and kind of do other kind of stuff like that there. Man, look at and that. I'm just trying to get it kind of all set up and organized and, and ready to go so that, you know, I'm... I, if I can steal five minutes to go paint, sure. I'm able to do it kind of quickly. Um, on top of that, I'm going to embark on a new thing. I have a real issue with I'll get excited about a list. I'll run it once. Mm-hmm. It won't do well. Okay. And then I'll just ditch it. And I'm like, great. <laughs> um, so I made my 2000 point list and it's a list I'm going to run with no changes for seven games. And then after seven games, I will make changes and adjust and so-and-so, but not until I've kind of got those reps in. And that's what nice. I've decided to do. So that's what I pulled out today. Um, and again, we'll see how it does. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, man. That'll really help you be familiar with it. And even, list. yeah, it just kind of gets you familiar with different units and kind of stuff like that. Um, what it is right now is just uh, I have a Death Guard Battalion with a Typhus and a Wing Demon Prince. Three units of... Um, Pox Walkers, uh, 16, 16, 15. Um, a Noxious uh, Blightbringer. Nice. Um, two Plague Burst Crawlers. Um, a Hellforged Contemptor Dreadnought with double butcher cannons. Awesome. Um, I have a Sakaran, um Shit, what's it called again? It's the... Ven- it's a Venator. The Venator, yeah. Sakaran Venator. And then Mortarian. And then also a uh, Stargate. Nice. So my current thinking with this list. Oh, and uh, yeah, the Death Shroud is what? Death Shroud and Typhus. Oh, yeah. So my, my current thinking with this, a lot of people like if you take Death Shroud, you're just going to hang them around Mortarian and then turn one, two die, or all three die, and then Mortarian kind of goes on his happy way, or, or none die, yeah. and then they just kind of hang at the back of the table for the rest of the game because they're in cataphractal car- armor. They don't really move. So yeah, but, they're, not, they're not fast. No, the, the idea is, is kind of hide everything around the Stargate, uh, the Nocolith crown. So I'm thinking of putting Mortarian kind of behind it. Okay. Um, blocked in a way you used to use flyers to block people in. So that way you can't really get a turn one charge off on him. He's kind of safe back there. Uh, it's big enough that he's mostly covered by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else is going to get a five up and vulnerable safer being that. So um, True. like, I mean, it obviously doesn't matter for my demon stuff, but the Sakaran, the Pox Walkers now are a little tougher because they have that five up and vulnerable right, too. Right. Um, and then in Deep Strike Reserve is um, Typhus and the Death Shroud. Okay. So my, my goal is, and this is why I brought the uh, Blightbringer, is people are going to focus fire on the Sakaran and Morty turn one. 
to try and get those off the table. Sure. And then I'm going to run my poxwalkers up as fast as I can to get them in combat as fast as I can so they can start kind of making love and multiplying and growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure. Um, and then, or at least up to their starting size. Or at least up to the, well, I can go over, if it's, it's not the stratagem, right? It's just in the fight phase. Or is it, is it starting size? Well, match play says you can't go above starting oh, size. Oh, man. Okay. Well, even though they'll stay at 50. Okay. Um, <laughs> that sucks, but still, it's still good. And then Death Shroud coming down. Like, reading the Death Shroud rules, I think they're wasted just as kind of bodyguards for Mortarian. I mean, they give characters around them an extra attack. Right. Um, their scythes are really good. Yeah, they're they, pretty they, solid. They have a bunch of attacks each. Yeah. So I, I'm feeling kind of... Hopefully, like, people are going to assume that I'll put them down with Morty. And then when I don't, you know, that kind of lets me kind of drop them down. And I think them and Typhus is going to be a really nice combo to kind of ball into things. Okay. Um, and if that doesn't work, then I'll try the other way. I'll try the other way. Yeah. But I will not change the list for seven games until kind of, like, I, I really figure out what's going on. Sure. Because, I mean, even talking to you about your tournament experiences, right, you have, like, things about, well, he misplayed this or he misplayed that. So it's not necessarily indicative of the list. It's in that one day in that one specific game, you know, you, you made a couple what, of mistakes. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Right. Right. So, yeah, that that's going to be the thing. Uh, each iteration of my list is going to be done for seven. I was going to do ten, but, you know, Nurgle, so seven. Yeah, sure, that makes um, sense. It makes sense. So I like it. Each iteration is going to be done for seven games. Some of them are going to be super painful. Some of them aren't. Sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure game eight, I'm going to be dropping Mortarian for, like, <laughs> two more contempt or dreadnoughts and an entire unit of something else but, the, but sure. the, that's okay um i just want to see him get some play and seven games is also enough time for me to get it all painted up i think too that uh he is underplayed i think he's got a place now yeah especially kind of with knights being 100 points more yeah um i just i threat saturation that's that's yep. So, I mean, uh, talking about the pregame stuff that I usually do, like, I'll be spending a lot of time explaining what this, how Forge Venatar does. Well, like, yeah. it wounds three dice, uh, 3d6 on your leadership. This is a butcher cannon. It takes two off your leadership. This is right. this. This removes this from your leadership. This is this. Um, when really kind of the main goal is to get the pox walkers spreading across the entire table so that um, Mortarian can be within seven inches of all of them. Sure. And start dealing out kind of that mortal wounds uh, as much as possible. Yeah, don't forget his auras and stuff. I know. Right. I think a lot of people that I played against have forgotten uh, the you roll a dice for every unit within whatever the radius right. is. Right, it's within like uh, like an inch or of seven inches of yeah. a unit of him or something. But uh, like something I've started doing a lot more, like choosing armies, is going into those unit entries and kind of looking at those rules and be like, well, what makes this unit special? What makes this unit good? And that's kind of what pulled me to the death trout here is just because I'm like, wow, this is a solid unit by itself. Um, yeah, yeah. And the Noxious Brightbringer, like rolling two dice for advancing and picking which one you want. That's amazing. That gets my Poxwalkers across the table so much quicker. That's true. Yeah. So if that's all he does, great. And he gets to ring his little bell. Gets to ring his little bell. It's a negative to leadership, which well, yeah, combines right. with the Venatar. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all kinds of good stuff there. So like, so there's, there's a little synergy there. Like it's still kind of... But it comes from a place where I really, I really just want to play Mortarian. It's such an amazing model. Yeah, he really is. Um, I got to say I can hand, but I need to paint it up. I just need a reason to. And kind of playing him more is kind of what I'm hoping for for that one there. Um, didn't play any games. Uh, we, we were planning to play some more of our uh, uh, Urban Conquest campaign. Uh, Dave Red. <laughs> 
they've read Plague War a little too hard <laughs> and became insanely ill. Yep. Um, because of uh, the small child at my house, uh, did not want to come over and infect him. Which I guess you know is a good good guy, Dave. Yeah, yeah seriously, seriously, which is good. But I did. I uh, started painting up another ten cultists for that. Yeah. Um, I started painting up uh, uh, the uh, the sorcerer dude. Um, I'm just gonna use the master of possession for my sorcerer because his model is so much cooler. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, they did a really good job with that one. Uh, I purchased some stuff. I, I got the the next two Warhammer Adventures books that came out. Oh, nice! Yeah, Claw of the Gene Stealer, which I'm like, man, if this doesn't end within three pages, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, three kids versus a gene stealer how does it turn th- out there's like a snuff fanfic out there which <laughs> is that um and then also the the next uh it was like uh claws of the skaven or Attack oh, yeah. skaven is the is the warhammer adventures one so i picked those up because my kid was like super hyped to hear so i'm like all oh. right i'll buy those and like my wife's like did he earn them i'm like I bought them. <laughs> They're books. They're books. It's good. Um, and then I picked up Solar War uh, from oh, Black Library. Is that out? That that is out. Like like the real like the normal copy. The, the normal copy, though. Plebe copy. If so you will. <laughs> so me and my buddy Josh went in because he wanted to order a coaster, the coaster set from Black Library. Right? He okay. plays Iron Warriors. I play Imperial oh, right. Fist. So that's so, is so that I, what we're using. So right that, now? That's what we're using right now. Is like because I got the Imperial Fist kind of loyalist half, and he got the shit half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was like, and I picked up a copy of Solar Works. I'm like, well, if you're going to Black Library anyway, sure. Might as well. Uh, turns out shipping from Black Library is still ridiculous. Oh. And half a coaster set and Solar War was $50. Ooh, ouch. But by that point, it was like, yeah, I ordered it for him. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Fudge. Fuck. But yeah, so I had that sitting waiting for me. Um, and then I also picked up um, an Age of Sigmar audiobook because I'm like, you know what? Oh, cool. I have a crap load of audio audible credits and I haven't delved in at all to age of sigmar so which one is it i picked up soul wars because i figured that was kind of oh, a good cool. jumping off point yeah, for the sure. new one and then plus uh, it features your your army right there you go yeah my night hunt and then also i picked up on the recommendation of which because i put on twitter i was like hey what's a good starting off place uh play garden i believe was the other oh, cool. super really popular one so i picked that one up too nice but yeah that, that's about all i took care of um uh, yeah that, that's it so we're gonna go ahead and take a break we're gonna be right back with something i guess <laughs> dude i'm the best i took first place at another tournament first off stop with the thunder and lightning you don't impress me and second let me check out the bcp rankings and i don't see you on there what your to needs to download the best coast pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game system. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? And we're back. Whoa, I did remember that. Look at that. Hey, look at you, dude. You're a tech tech wizard. 
I know, and I was just making sure we're both unmuted, and we are, and that's just great. Uh, sorry, I'm going to get away from the, the rules about the knuckleth crown here because I misremembered God, them. Yeah. John was just over here just jizzing his pants over this thing. And now I'm just uh, slightly excited. <laughs> now he's basking in the afterglow of his rules mistakes. <laughs> I was going to say rules orgasm, but okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that too. Um, so <laughs> uh, on our Patreon page, we got a, a, a message. Someone sent us a message. Asking for some advice on a list uh, for his Necrons, especially because uh, Danny just had a very successful weekend with Necrons. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. Uh, turned out pretty good. The past uh, two tournaments you've ran them, I think you're running on like what? An, a 6-2 and two record on it? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really good. So we have, um, hi guys, I'm going to play a 40k 2-on-2 game this weekend. Uh, just so you know, this is my annual game. Annual because it is the only game I got play. I, I get to play one game a year. The- oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Oh man, that's that's rough. Okay, so um, it's the one time my friends force me to game. Uh, don't get me wrong; I would love to play more often, but this is the one time I managed to get away from family and block out all the things I have to get done on the house, etc. I mean, I can feel that uh, a lot there. Yeah. He was going to play Dark Angels, but hearing Danny uh, rock Necrons, he decided to play Necrons. So uh, he asked for a little help on his list. What mm-hmm. he wanted to run is he had Imitech, uh, a Destroyer Lord, uh, three squads of ten warriors, a Destroyer Squad, uh, and a Satan, which is the, the Nightbringer. Yep. Um, and he kind of just had some questions about that list and kind of what to do to get better. Now, this tournament was last weekend, so spoilers, it already happened. And we're it's not in, a tournament, it's just a game. Oh, man. a game even, I'm sure. In tournament mode, I was like, "This game already <laughs> happened." John's ready to crush some fools over here. It, it was last weekend. Yeah, only <laughs> fools though. No competent people. No, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Ken, what sort of feedback did you give about his list there? So first of all, I thought he was on the right. He was on the right track. Um, I thought he did a really good job uh, for the most part. I mean, <clears throat> you only have so many choices with Necrons, right? So, right. Uh, you either have warriors or immortals. Those are your troops' choices. So. Uh, the three units of 10 warriors is fine. Like minimizing the amount of points that you have to spend on troops is great. Uh, in the respect of like for, <clears throat> for power. Although with Necrons, you typically want to have, I feel like bigger units are more advantageous in a lot of ways because it takes more firepower to get rid of them. Sometimes people can't get rid of them and they can all come back sure. you get to roll for them every single turn. Um, so Emotech is also a great character, like especially with his points decrease in chapter approved. I mm-hmm. think they dropped him like 15 or 20 points. Um, so that's nice. The Destroyer Lord is maybe not optimal, but he's fine. He's um, a pretty cool little uh, model, though. His model is super rad, yeah. and uh, he's decent in close combat, honestly. Um, then you have the Destroyer Squad, uh, which is amazing. Destroyers are great. You should always take Destroyers. And then the Satan Nightbringer is actually like a pretty good choice in general. Uh, so he doesn't look like much, right? But he has Satan powers, which are like kind of like a smite or he's got, uh, like anti-horde powers. Mm-hmm. He can do all kinds of different stuff, but he's also really good in close combat. And if you can screen him and get him in there, he is like a nasty character killer. And he's got fly too, so he can hop over screens and stuff. So like maybe <laughs> if you had 30 warriors to put in his way. Then yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jump or, on over. Or, or use his teammate because his teammate's going to play Admech, I think. Oh, and yeah. So he can hide behind the admec guys and then uh, ch- charge in combat. <laughs> As is tradition. Yeah. So he's asking, like, kind of, like, what kind of relics and stuff to take on, like, the Destroyer Lord. And 
uh, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it just depends on how you want to play him. Like the void or the, the relic, uh, war scythe is really good. Uh, cause it's flat three damage and it wounds on a two unless it's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. So like all those tough characters and all that stuff, even like a Primarch, like it still wounds them on twos and does three flat damage. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. That sounds nasty. Or if you want him to stick around, you just keep him with a normal war scythe and then you can give him the, uh, uh, the special phylactery and that gives him back an extra D three wounds at the start of every turn. Oh, phylactery. Yeah. Yeah. Celestery. I thought you meant like a, a giant penis. Oh, no, no. Like a oh. phallic. Sorry. Dirty. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, using that, you can make your guy really tough, or you can give him, uh, uh, you can also give him plus one to his uh, toughness uh, and wounds characteristic, so that'll make him toughness seven. Which is ridiculous for... Pretty nasty. Yeah. Well, and he still has a four pinball, too, so like it's like... 150 point HQ or something stupid like that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, or you can give him a two up armor save. That's also a good choice. Yeah. So, yep. So, uh, some cool stuff there. Uh, so I, I can't wait to hear about how his list did. I want to, uh, I want to feel how well he did. Like I want, I want to know. You didn't know? No, I didn't see it. Did he oh, post? Man. Yeah. He replied to that. Oh, okay, there. cool. Sorry. Uh, I missed let that. Let us know how it all went. Oh man. This is a surprise. <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry. I went here. So. Thanks for the advice for list. Really gave me some confidence before the game. Sorry it took so long to write back. Our country flipped out on Sunday, winning the World Hockey Tournament for the third time. This oh, time that's against, awesome. This time against Canada, which is where <sighs> I would assume hockey was invented. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's That sounds accurate. Yeah, so he swapped Squad of Warriors for some Tesla Immortals. Yeah, okay. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> They didn't really do much. Uh, his friend bailed on them during the shooting phase, and the whole squad got wiped. <laughs> no reanimation. <laughs> so, okay. so that good old loyal admic was like, wait a second, you're not our friends, and wandered away. Um, they went second. It was Necrons and Admac versus Drakari and Black Legion. Okay. Um, so obviously turn one, uh, their deployment zone was full of Drakari. Um, yep. The setup was pretty cramped, so we had spread out warriors and immortals, leaving the destroyer and the destroyer lord at the back behind behind terrain. Um, Good choice. Other squad of warriors with was with the satan on the right hand side, and his teammates armiger <laughs> pretty much tanked a whole bunch of shots. Nice. Uh, let me see here. The nightbringer managed to get some wounds with uh, antimatter meteor. Awesome. Uh, not so much with the thunderbolt, um, and the satan died before it could get into close combat. But the screen of warriors worked really well. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once the destroyers got moved and they got to shoot, holy crap, they punch out some shots was his exact uh, phrase here. Yeah, they sure do, don't they? Heavy destroyer is not worth it, but it's the model he had. Yeah. Um, Imotech got left behind once the immortal squad was wiped and the destroyer lord was equipped with the staff of light. Okay. Um, and he was really happy with how they didn't really like playing them. Cool. De- deployment was key, and he should have veil of darkness on the Lord. Oh, okay, sure. But here, this is the important thing. It's kind of like looking back at the game, like from from the email I sent. It was kind of more like, yeah, here, this is what it, this is what it should do, and I think that's important when you're playing, right? Yeah. You know, learn from from those kind of things. Yeah, destroyers are really brutal. Yeah, destroyers <laughs> when, are hell when good, they're man. within range. Um, but yeah, it would turned out really well. Uh, it was a fun day. I really need that. Listening to you guys and your, all your sister podcasts. <laughs> I think that's a subtle dig at Dave. <laughs> thinking that people want to be uh, related to us in any way. Oh, I thought it was maybe 
like the podcast that we always talk about doing, like our side podcasts oh, about yes. movies and uh, various hyper-specific subjects. Hyper-specific. Uh, we have our new podcast series that detailing the changes to Sonic's face and the Sonic oh, the Hedgehog movie. Man, I hate that podcast. Why did we put that out? <laughs> uh, and also uh, watching Phil scream woo with a stupid edited Ooh. picture. That's always a good way to spend uh, time playing 40K. Uh, but yeah, so that was it. If you have any questions that you want any of us to answer, please send them in. Uh, we love to answer them. And usually we yeah. get back to you pretty quick. Um, even if we we save it for a little podcast, if you tell us, hey, I need it for like three days from now, we'll, we'll do our best to kind of get it taken care of there. Yeah, for we, we'll try. We'll try. I mean, no promises. At the very least, we'll get you drunk enough to where you won't really care uh, that, that that's happening. Yay. But hey, uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to take one more quick break and then we're going to talk about Plague War, which is a hugely important book. Yeah. Hugely important. Do you like cookies but want something more British? Buy biscuits. Not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits. As recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. All right, we're back. And we're back. So smooth now. I was like second time <laughs> in. I just ooh, got, it, got it going. Uh, so Plague War uh, is a book by Guy Haley. It's the second of a trilogy of books of the Dark Imperium yep. series. So we got one more left, so which we, I'm excited to see the conclusion of this. I'm very excited about it. Um, what this book does is kind of what the middle act of any trilogy does. And it sets up a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of that. So I've, I've seen some people kind of say that it's like a little slow. All that really happens, you know, kind of it's the end. It's like, but that's kind of the purpose of this book. Uh, it can't really be viewed individually. I mean, even individually, it's good. I'm not, I'm not going to lie there. Um, I, think, I think so. I'm not going to kind of go blow by blow. We're not going to describe like what happened throughout the entire book. Um, because we're hit the main points. We're, we're going to hit the main points because there's many. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to do with how the current iteration of 40K is. And, and how life is in, for the Imperium in the 41st millennium. Yep. Which um, is which was a cool look into that, like, post-Gulliman era, right? For sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it had some really, and, like, it had its moments of bolter porn, and, like, which were great. Like, of course. they were fine. And, like, it had some, but it had some great characterizations of some characters that you may not get a look at. And more specifically, like a squad level view of a Primaris guy thinking about like his integration with the Ultramarines. Yeah, so let's talk about Justinius. Uh, Justinius would be the main Primaris that we kind of follow through this book here. Yep. He was one of the unnumbered sons, um, you know, massive legion of Primaris. They took like half of all Primaris and made this giant legion and went out and did the, the, uh, the, the was it the crusade with, with those guys. Yeah. Um, after that was done, Gilliman split them all up, and Justinius is like, sweet, I'm going to be an Ultramarine now. Like, he's from Ultramar. He's from Ultramar before this process. <laughs> right. He, he loves Ultramarines. He's all, he's drank the Gilliman Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, hard. He, he is hard into that, and he is very excited. And then he's like, you know, they put the sorting hat on him, or however the <laughs> fuck they decided. And he comes out, and they're like, you're going to be a Nova Marine. And it crushes him. So when they said he was going to be a Nova Marine, I straight up fist pumped because I love the Nova Marines because <laughs> I think their color scheme is really cool. But like, and I didn't know anything about them. So I was like, yeah. cool, I'm going to learn about this. But he's like, 
Like a moody teen, he's like, fuck the Nova Marines. Man, like, if you're not going to be in the Ultramarines, like, they're the next best thing, man. Like, why are you so glum, Chad? They're pretty much like, yeah, uh, like many baby Ultramarines. Well, and they're second founding. Right. So, like, they are a story chapter that has, Pretty much on par with, like, Black Templars, Crimson Absolutely. Things like that. Yeah. The same, they have the same amount of backstory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is, he's, he's not into it and he's kind of down, but he's like, okay, I'm going to do my duty. Right. And he shows up and and they try to be very welcoming to him. I mean, obviously they don't trust Primaris completely. yet, And you still kind of get that, that sense throughout the entire book that regular Marines do not, they're not a hundred percent on board Primaris. No, they're like, you may be a big ass fucker, but like, yeah, I'm still your, I'm still in charge of you. Um, anyway. So yeah, like he he's not into it. So they, they try and integrate him a little bit. So they're like, hey, something we do as Nova Marines is is we have like um, our, our our glories and our victories tattooed on ourselves. And he's like, hey, why don't you tell us some of the stuff you did um, was part of the the unnumbered sons, and we can put some of that on you, so you can you know be more part of our chapter. Right. And he's like, yeah, that was my past. It has nothing to do with you guys. Um, I'll not have anything to do with that here. Thank you. And it just kind of blows them all off. I'm like, okay, I get it. Harsh. Um, harsh. Yeah, but I mean, I enjoyed this because I've always joked that the Primaris Marines, to me, up until this point, have been appeared to be like um, the the exticles from <laughs> the, the exticles from Frisky Dingo, right? Where they'll just go around like, boosh, boosh. Yeah. And, you know, like you know, this mindless drone army, right? Kick pants. Yeah. But they <laughs> But but they, they, they have such like Justinian and this is such a great characterization. It describes the process of how he's taken, right? So so it's described that one day, you know, his dad worked on was from McCrag. Uh he is in a school. Right. And he gets called out of the classroom. They ask him one question, and that's the last thing he remembers. So assumingly what's happening is like uh, uh, Magoses are going around and being like, hey, Danny, what color is this guy? You're like, uh, uh, blue. blue, And they kind of like slap you on the back of the head with a slab jack and kidnap you <laughs> for their Primaris initiative. Um, so, Meanwhile, what they're asking you, the question, they're like scanning you. and like, Yeah. Uh, so, so they're taking these kids and taking them from their families and just kind of like working on them, uh, you know, and, and primarising them up. It describes the training of why primaris are so trained. Yeah. It has them kind of being woken up to go through some random simulation to be immediately put back in again. Right. They're not told what's happening. Everything's uploaded to them. Uh, so like there's centuries in between these times sometimes, but for them it feels like a constant awakeness. So sure. for, for 10,000 years, these people have probably been up for 100 years straight just because they keep on being put into stasis, out of stasis, out of stasis, into stasis. And it's just, it's a horrible life. It's crazy. But I mean, they got the classic space brain indoctrination. So so they're good. They're they're happy. They believe it. I, I think a great thing he says was... Well, they're not hip, hypno-indoctrinated, right? Right. Which makes them different than normal Marines. They're not hypno? I thought they were like uh, oh, sleep indoctrinated or something. Oh, they're, maybe they are. I think it's a, a slightly different form because they do seem to be a little bit more questioning of, of of how things are. I feel like they're more human. Yeah. So another thing that was great was they just displayed displeasure. They they weren't happy with a lot of the stuff. Like Justinian was like, he's he's in his intercessor squad and he's kind of assigned to look after a devastator squad with heavy right. bolters. And he's like, man... 
Remember this time, like six months ago, man, when we were in scepters and we were being thrown out of spaceships in orbit <laughs> and then being dropped to the ground and being like right in the enemy's face and just blowing them away. Right. And now we're babysitting a heavy bolter squad. So kind of <laughs> stuff like that. I really appreciate it because it kind of, it gave like through Justinian, we had this look at what Primaris are as a whole. Like I think the first Dark Imperium book suffered a little bit where there was the goal to please include all of our Primaris units so people right. are aware of what they do. Um, it's like an 80s toy commercial almost. I mean, there's story there, stuff still <laughs> happens. But the main goal, as it should have been, which I'm fully expecting when I start reading Soul Wars, by the way, is going to be like a similar thing there. Um, but like it was almost like there should have been like a little TM after every thing, <laughs> you know. It was like the new Games Workshop Space Marine catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is great because when they have... 13 14 new units come out you had to know how they worked that that had to happen right there had to be some introduction going right. on there and that's fine uh but like the scenes with him in his squad like after he joins the nova marines and because the so the book starts off right like yeah so the characterizations that i really like first they're just who is great right he was he's, he's a great character sure yeah really interesting I also really liked Kugath, the Plague Father. There was a lot of really great Nurgle demons. Oh my, they were so good, right? Yeah, they were just really pissed off. They were taken out of their kitchen a lot of the time. He's like in like a broken down hospital, stirring like a pot, like adding Nurglings to taste to this like, to his, <laughs> to his sick chowder, like his nasty chowder, right? And like, uh, and the Nurglings are like coming back out of it and stuff like that. And he's seeing what happens and. And then, like, he gets approached by the Herald, and the Herald is annoying him because the Herald is so morose and boring because he's a plague bearer. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like that was great. And then him sending the, the plague bearer to Typhus was such a cool scene because, oh, like, yeah. he communicates to Typhus through this Herald. Well, there's two great ways that they, the, the, the Nurgle demons communicate with the, the people. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the fungus. The fungus right. was awesome, too. Right, so, so Mortarian comes and talks to him uh, through a mushroom. So, so the fungus kind of grows out of the, the ground and kind of forms Mortarian's head, like a, a, a hollow screen, but it's just, like, a plant. Right, and then on the other side, because the plant, because the fungus like crawls up into your brain, yeah, and then like transmits itself to the other person as well. So he sees this fungal image of you as well, like a like a holog like a hologram, like FaceTime, like yeah, fung time, <laughs> uh, spore time, yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> way better. It's pretty good. So yeah, but it was, uh, but that was a great scene. So that was, and then the the plague bear, or the why don't you tell that with the plague bear talking so, to Typhus? Yeah, so like this, so Typhus is about to kill this guy, or like he hurts this guy, and and like he he suffers this sickness, and he all of a sudden gets like the sickness is like rotting him to the core, but at the same time turning him into the herald. So the herald has the conversation with Typhus, and then turns to Black Mush again. Like, yeah. that's how he communicated with him. Well, it's like, because it came out of his stomach. And the great thing about the scene is Typhus doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's like, oh, man, you must be really blessed because right. you're not yes. dead yet. Yeah. I mean, your stomach's ripped open. All this shit is happening. It's all... You should be dead You should sure. be dead at this point. Um, I liked how Typhus was presented in this book as well. As like a zealot? Yeah. So, yeah. so like, he goes in and, like, the, so you see him, he attacks his place. He's really badass. But then when he talks to the, the Herald... 
he, the the Nurgle demons are very dismissive of him. Right. They're like, well, yeah, you're the mortal herald. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you give like a, one of the kids that like, you can have like a junior deputy badge. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> there. And he's like, uh, no, man. He's like, fuck Mortarian. Like, I'm not, I need to go to Ajax. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to go do that stuff. I'm done with Mortarian. That's it. Right. And, and then the Nurgle, the plague bearer is like, yeah, no, you're going. Right. Please don't forget who's in charge here. It isn't you. <laughs> and he's like, fine. <sighs> yeah, stomps his foot. And that's why I'm okay taking Typhus and Mortarian in my army. Sure. Well, and uh, so they send Typhus to the... So the Nova Marines are in charge of one of these four star forts. Typhus has already destroyed three like, of How's them. that working out for them? <laughs> <laughs> Where you're like, the good news is they only have one left to defend. Right, right. Well, and it's owned by the Nova Marines. It's like their uh, Flanix, if you will. Yeah. Right? Um, or Phalanx, whatever. Yeah, Phal- Phalanx. Phallus. Uh, Phallus. <laughs> like the Imperial Fists have. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so it's like this huge star fort and like most of the uh, most of the the interactions from Justinius take place within the star fort fighting against Typhus and his legions and they have stuff like they have these huge like siege manolets that they're pushing forward towards the gates like there's terminators hiding behind them and plague marines operating like all these ancient like siege equipment stuff yeah um Typhus ends up dueling the chapter master and beats the shit what's crazy typhus kills a squad of gray knight terminators and a space marine chapter master oh yeah just beats them down the great i mean it's a really well written bit of bolter porn like he typhus like looks at a tank crushes his fist together and the tank gets destroyed and it's a fucking land raider yep like he just like uh, a terminator runs at him he just kind of looks at him and then blood starts gushing from the terminator and he falls over it really puts over what a powerful psyker he is. Well, and he's always has he always has been a powerful psyker. Like, well, I mean, he had to like hide his psychic gift or whatever from Mortarian because <laughs> Mortarian was like psychers are dumb, and he's yeah. like, all right, I guess I'm dumb then. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so there was that part that was rad. Um, oh yeah, so the Death Guard are attacking this planet. Uh, what is the name of the planet? It's. Uh, like this is where the main battle gets fought on. Like this is where the like the Starfort is coming to this planet to try and help them out. Yeah, they are fighting on. Um, it's in Ultramar. Yeah, Parmenio. Yeah, that's right. That sounds like my, a Star Wars. My favorite name. kind of cheese. <laughs> Parmenio cheese. Um, and the initial siege, right? Right. There. So there's like this. Uh, this channel that the Death Guard are trying to get across and there's like a fortress on an island in the middle of the channel. So the Death Guard are trying to build a bridge to like get to the rest of the planet basically. And they're basically like bulldozing with Plague Burst Crawlers like all of this like debris into the water like to tr- to make a bridge to the fortress and they're like gradually like, and it's like dead people and like like all kinds of like a gross. very grim yeah. dark bridge, right? Yeah, it's a lot of skulls. Corn's <laughs> pretty happy. Yeah. Indirectly, corn is He's happy. Like, hey right. man, that's a nice bridge, and then yeah. goes back to uh, Armageddon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like they're just about to breach this this fortress. They do some cool bombardment of like plague canisters, and it's melting people's faces and stuff, and. They get saved by a saint, by a living saint. Right. She shows up and all of the dead stuff and disease kind of just goes away. Yep. And she totally like 
chop oh like a, a plague drone starts was like starts spitting stuff on them and she turns the filth into normal water yeah and then just like cuts it down like and this is a young girl like right, a little like a 15 year old yeah, 15 year old skinny girl right. from an agri world no kind of combat whatsoever but she yes. gets pretty popular in the city when she kind of turns the shit into water <laughs> and, and gets rid of all the, the the plague marines right um what this story really is about though um and there's a couple more cool action scenes scenes we'll go into is gulliman finding his place sure um gulliman is kind of like dana scully <laughs> to the Imperium's Fox Mulder. Where <laughs> he doesn't believe, right? He, he, yeah, he doesn't believe. And everyone's like, hey man, you just gotta believe. The yeah. Emperor is a god. And he's like, No, I, I literally knew him. <laughs> he's just a dick. He's guys. just a dick. Um, but a couple of huge things happen where, where he kind of wavers, uh, kind of throughout throughout the book that he can't really put his finger on, like why that would happen that right. way. Right, and and so like the, the some of the librarians, some of the other space marines explain it. We're like, oh no, this person's a saint. I'm like, or is it just a psyker, or right. is it just this, or is it like? And they put out plausible 41st millennium explanations of what it could be that isn't a saint. Sure, um, he chooses Matthias or Matthew. Yes, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt strangely, but it is Matthew. Um, okay. Uh, as is kind of his church representative in his crusade, in Dominus Crusade, and in his kind of contingent. And he was chose, he chose him because he was like, all right, it's not going to be completely fanatical. Um, well, and he's a person that actually follows the religion and does a good job, like, at following the religion. Like, he's right. not... He's not in it for abusing power. He doesn't like needlessly martyr people or sacrifice people. Like he is about improving the welfare of the Imperium, mm -hmm. but he just views the Imperium a little bit differently than Rubite. Right. Uh, we we meet a rogue trader as well. That's part of Gilliman's retinue. Call it? She calls him, gives him like a cute little. And is like, what's going on, Robute? And he's like, hey, you dare call me by my name? You know all the shit I've done. And she she's calls like, him Robo. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, does that not scare you? He's like, should it? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, he's like, okay, Robo. And I'm like, oh, man. So he ditched his big titty goth elder girlfriend. <laughs> Got Which, himself. dude. Which, yeah, bad move. Bad move. Um, but yeah, she's kind of in there. Down. She was uh, sentenced to death for not Heresy. believing the emperor yeah. was a god. And Gulliman was like, no, no, she's right. Come with me. <laughs> and so she's now in this corp of kind of remembrance or remembrancers who are kind of taking notes and. And, and, and recording down this history because kind of, I think like an unbiased history, right? An unbiased history. Cause it almost seems like Gulliman's like, okay, I have to work with ecclesiarchy right now. And we have to, they're too powerful. They're too powerful. Um, but his ultimate goal, I think is to kind of get rid of the Imperial truth. Sure. At the start of the book, yeah. something that, uh, his new rogue trader girlfriend brings him. It's a very special present. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In an unassuming wooden box. Um, it would be the Book of Lorgar. Yeah, well, it's the it's the Lectitio uh, Divinitatis or Divin yeah. Divinicus, the uh, the thing that Lorgar wrote that like caused the Imper like caused the ecclesiarchy to form. <laughs> yeah. And he's like super mad. And it just reminded me of Black Legion. Uh or Tal it was was it Tal no, it was Black Legion. 
where they just start laughing uncontrollably. They're like, the word bearers won. I can't believe it. This is such <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, Goldman said, like, I've never read it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to know about it. I've not asked about it. And so he kind of, kind of puts it to the side. Yeah. Um, until the end. Uh, Mortarian in this, he's a little mustache twirly. Yeah, a little bit. Um, kind of, kind of comes down. His plan is to to do something with Gulliman. Um, a really well done bit, of, and I know we're jumping around here, but a really well done battle was the Titan Legion battles. Oh, that was great. Yeah, uh, where you had kind of all of the loyalist Titans versus kind of the Legio Mortis. Oh, yeah. Um, you have all of this like kind of acrid yellow smog on the ground covering everything. You have all these Imperial knights going underneath and kind of attacking too. Uh, it was, if you want kind of a really well-written Titan battle that makes sense, I mean, this is really well done. It shows how knights interact with uh, Titan legions. Sure. It shows how Titans interact, kind of how it, how they operate, too. Sure. It was almost as good as Titanicus, but, yeah. like, it was uh, pretty close. So the one by the book by Dan Abnett. But, like, they're, uh, it was, like, like, probably my second favorite Titan battle that I've ever read. Yeah. For sure. It's very suspenseful, which you yeah, would imagine yeah, when it's right? like giant Titans. They can see thing, they can see each other from miles away and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. can see each other's essences. Um, we see the return, and I know, Danny, you used to play Epic, but yeah. the return of Plague Towers. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was Brad. They, they kind of, they rolled, they're like, they, they say that these things appear from the mists, and they're just made of simple wood. And I was like, holy shit, they're bringing back Plague Towers? <laughs> yeah, but they, like, you know, them being demonic and stuff like that, they were a whole lot tougher than... They, they look like simple wood, but they weren't. Um, they were kind of conduits, because it turns out that Parmenio is a really shitty place for the warp energy. So, so the demons have a really hard time staying there. So Mortarian is kind of got all these play towers he has all these soul burners to kind of keep everything and kind of keep all the demons there and strong right. um the ultimate goal of this is to kind of draw gulliman out a little bit of sibling rivalry still going on and make him feel despair before he dies yeah which jesus christ just shoot the guy <laughs> he's felt despair and stasis for ten thousand years you know what i mean there, there's no need to kind of yeah, the final bit of despair. Rather than waking up and seeing that his entire life's work was a joke and his brothers <laughs> won. Uh, <laughs> but they, they, they're going along in uh, Leviathan, which is a, a uh, one would assume, Primaris-sized space marine transport. Oh, no, I know what the Leviathan is. It's a Leviathan. <clears throat> I, mean, it's, well, I mean, it's from Epic. Oh, the, the giant yeah. jet. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. like That's super cool. Which is awesome, yeah. Um, and they're saying it's like jumping around, and like the the demonic forces are causing. They can't get like a fix in the location of it or anything, right? Um, and so Gellman's like, "Fuck this!" Opens the doors. Right, I'll a, I'll go out. I'll see what's up. And he's, he's got his flashlight. He's got his flashlight. Looking he, around, he's flanked mist. by ten sisters of silence, custodes. He's Victrix guard. Just everything. Um, but then he steps out and it's like a really bad episode of the outer limits where they're all kind of separated and in their own little realmy things. Right. Fighting. And they get surround. He gets surrounded by like seven great unclean ones. Yeah. Uh, he should not be able to anyway. <laughs> okay. I mean, he, he messes them up pretty good too. Plot armor. Yeah. Right. Plot armor. That's exactly what it um, is. So we're going to leave uh, Gulliman circled by seven greater demons. Um, 
And let's talk more about this saint here. Yeah. So, uh, after seeing her powers at the, at the, uh, 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 at the town, they, they totally lock her up. Cause some people are like, she's well, a witch burner. Yeah. She's a witch. No, the sisters of the battle don't think so. No. Which is weird. Right. Cause they normally you think like, and if the sisters of the witch hunters don't think <laughs> that this chick is a witch, then why are we locking her up for this? I don't know. <clears throat> so they end up, uh, they end up, they end up, lock, they end up locking her up and then, br- then springing her loose by killing, uh, do they kill a space Marine? So, or do they kill a st- or, no a bunch of loyal Imperial Guard? And they're like, we don't want to kill you, but we have to. They also uh, really fuck up a sister of silence. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, which was interesting. Like, so here's the thing: Gulliman's orders is the witch is to stay locked up far away from the battle until they can decide what to do with her. Because right. again, Gulliman sensible. It could be an agent of Zinch. It sure. could, could be a uh, kind of a demonic thing. It could be like a, a warp bomb. Who knows? keep it far away but the sisters uh, sisters of battles have been like well we believe the emperor told us to take her to you and so they're kind of completely ignoring Gulliman's authority and orders sure. because their orders come from a higher power true true which is oof so they kill a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of imperial guard uh, in the end only the, the 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 head sister and the demonically possessed saint girl escape um on an arvis glider which i was glad to see oh is that what they did yeah. i thought they were in a rhino well they escaped from an arvis glider to a rhino okay but, but cool. initially just and i'm like oh i really like that ship it's crappy and it has no guns but it's, <laughs> it's a really good model hey man it has a multi-laser <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they kind of get in that rhino and the, this whole time this saint is like he needs me bring me to him he needs me bring me to him and they're like they're trying to find this leviathan and it's jumping all over the map Sure. And she's like, no, he's over there. Head that way. And yeah, she's able to sense him. Yeah. Uh, we, we see some really good interaction. But Smash cut back to Gulliman versus a billion uh, greater unclean ones. Some great interaction between uh, the greater unclean ones and Gulliman. Yep. Where they're like, hey, man, just, you have a shitty God. <laughs> We're, we have an awesome God. We have an he's, awesome God. He's you friendly. Sh- come, like, come come to us yeah that's that's all you need to do <laughs> um and he's like no and he then takes out his sword and then this is when we realized that the the demons recognize the emperor's sword and they were like oh i didn't know that he had that i don't know that he had that and we find out that if a demon is killed with the emperor's sword then they die forever they're dead dead they're dead 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 yeah. So there was a little bit of panic there, and we have this great battle between. It was I call it the Shamu Two battle because there's hundreds of demons around them, but they only attack one at a time. Sure, right, of course. Whereas, whereas if they just all attack to one, well, it's classic fight scene, right yeah. there, right, man. Yeah, classic fight scene. Uh, a great part is one of the greater demons is is getting really fucked up, and he's about to. He sees Gulliman charging at him with his sword, so he cuts his own head off, so he dies. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he won't be unkilled. <laughs> Um, we find out in this scene that if you kill a demon with enough blanks around that they die forever because oh. their soul can't return to the warp. That's tough. That's tough. Um, the custodies come back. The sisters come back. So we now have this like elite blob of Imperial troops versus the elite blob of Nurgle demons. Um, and Gulliman gets bondaged. Yeah. Like very easily, I would say, but it was cool because like, well, I mean, he's, 
set this plan in motion. Like his whole plan was to do this one thing to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like, well, there was two different plans. If you notice, because like Mortarian wants to humiliate Gollum and, and kill him. Right. Sure. Um, but the play or the, the greater demons, they have a different plan. Well, they want to convert him. Right. Right. So they wanted to drop of his blood. Yeah. And they were like, give me a drop of his blood and we can't do anything until we have his blood. And then they make the scene where like one of them gets a cut on him and they say like a little tiny speck of blood drops in the ground. Like, okay, get him now. And they turn on this like uh, plague field, which just bondages his arms and legs up and he can't move. They point out that his sword arm is uh, weaker or is stronger than all of his other limbs because the emperor's sword has does some weird stuff to sure. warp tame. Um, but he's kind of held up. Um, and this is when Mortarian comes down. He like flies down, right? He like yeah. flies down and they, they talk about like a sudden waft of air coming down from above and he comes and he twirls his little mustache and he kind of <laughs> goes over his little plans and, you know, Gulliman's all fight me coward. And he's like, I'm no coward. Um, and I don't also don't have to. <laughs> yeah. You're right there. He's very nice. He was like, I will make your death plain. It's like, regardless of how it looks, uh, my sight is very sharp. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, we have this kind of great. Com- I, I enjoyed the conversation between Mortarian and Gulliman. I mean, um, they are still brothers. Even they're if still they're brothers. Tainted, right? Yeah, um, they're still tainted. the The thing I liked about it was they're talking very similar things. Like Mortarian saying, "Was like you see him as a god. I see him as a person who did this to me and did this and then did this." And he's listing off his genuine concerns. And Gulliman's like, "Well, yeah, but you're still a fuckhead." Yeah, <laughs> right. I <laughs> mean, pretty much. Uh, come to the part where the the sisters battle rhino has kind of found the leviathan uh, by almost driving under its tracks but they stop they get out uh there's some people accompanying them there and they come across a beast of nurgle in what is a crazy good fight scene in this book <laughs> because it's described as being like one could assume a labrador puppy uh chasing yeah. after balls yeah <laughs> It, it says how it made an exciting little squealing noise and then runs up to one of the sisters and licks her face so hard that she gets thrown up in the air. And mm-hmm. as she's coming down, her face is dissolving from the tongue acid. And then when she falls down dead, like the beast kind of pokes her a couple of times and that's out of disappointed nose that she's <laughs> dead already. And then finds like a different one. Right. And it's, yeah. Which and is then, great. And then kind of just patters off to there. <laughs> It dies in the best possible way with like in the sister battle. She she fires her bolt gun and the bolt goes into the, the beast of Nurgle's head and he looks at her really disappointed. He's like, hmm. <laughs> but then the bolt explodes. It yeah. like covers them everywhere. <laughs> and Aww. and and the, the beast kind of dissolves into the, the ground. I know, right? And I was like, man, I want to just run a billion of those because, yeah. They're awesome. They're so awesome. Uh, but yeah, so it dissolves into the ground, and that's when the sister battles like, "See, their faith isn't as good as ours. Look how quickly they dissolve." And I'm like, <laughs> "Dang, that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty light uh, like kind of uh, display of faith." Never let me just say that. <laughs> so she goes. Uh, they go in. They see Gilliman. Uh, the saint uses her saint powers to free Gilliman. Right. Uh, and which, he looks at her and is like, "Dad." <laughs> <laughs> right I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's pretty much what he says yeah and, and and he's and she's like you look like him yeah and then turns out 
Uh, I think the common thought is it was the emperor possessing this person to help Gulliman. But it turns out that a 15-year-old farm girl can't possess the psychic power of the emperor. For and very long. For, for very long. So <laughs> she she dies uh, very, very sorely. Um, Mortarian just kind of fucks off. He's, he's like, like, all right, well, if this didn't work, I'll like, try again. All right, I got more. another battle over here I got to go to, but this has been fun, okay? Uh, uh, I'm out. And he, see you in book three, buddy. See you in book three, <laughs> and he pieces out. Um, and then the greater demons hardly kill themselves so that they can return to the warp, which is like <laughs> the greatest thing. Just like I just imagine this great unclean one just like sawing his head off to, to like get dead. To not, to not actually die, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's... That's the big thing. The The major thing that happens in the end um, is Gulliman's conversation with Matthew where he goes off and he's like, why was that girl freed? I know it was your order. I know it was your doing. And Matthew is kind of trying to very subtly influence things behind the scenes. Yeah. Gulliman has no fucking time no. for the church whatsoever. Um, Gulliman has no time for having his orders taken away from him. Um, but at this point we're, we're, we're at a point and this makes me super excited for the sisters of battle codex, like super hyped for it where the sisters of battle, they listen to Gulliman, they'll take his order, but if they believe the emperor wants them to do something else then they'll do it, they'll fuck off and do it. Yeah. They'll slaughter Imperial troops to do it. Heck yeah. They slaughtered a daughter of the emperor to do it. Right. You know, and it's just, it's crazy. That that's where we're in, and I'm like I said, that can only get better. Um, I'm super excited about the. I'm Godex. super excited by that. The conversation between Matthew and, and Gulliman, Gulliman was like, "This is in private. It's just me and I, Cato Sicarius, <laughs> and you." And they made sure like nothing was recording. <clears throat> yep. And he's just like, "Yeah, what the fuck?" Um. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. There was also a uh, custodian there as well. Sure. Um. But yeah, here we go. He, Gulliman's first line to him is, "You live by my indulgence alone." <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah, and he kind of just really lays into him. It feels like he's treating uh, Matthew like he is the entire ecclesiarchy, and kind of letting out his frustrations for the time um, out on that. Uh, some super interesting parts in here. This is a direct quote from the book here. Matthew quailed, and yet he felt the beginnings of religious ecstasy creep into his gut. He thought of being destroyed by Gulliman, of falling to the emperor's only living son, almost undid him. So the fucking priest was getting, getting a chub yeah, over a the bit. thought of being murdered by the emperor's son. It's called a so, murder. That's called a murder boner, John. So are we are we seeing <laughs> something where where Matthew kind of gets turned or converts? Because if we smash cut back to the start of the book. Like to gul- to the worship of Gulliman? To the worship of, yeah, via the worship of Gulliman, it turns to chaos. Cause oh, the, sure. At the start of the book, Matthew was found on a world that had been taken over by the Alpha Legion. Oh, interesting. So is he truly Alpharius? No, he's not. That's no. a terrible overplayed joke. But is he there who he says he is? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's feeling pleasure. He has these plans. He's doing this kind of other stuff here. Um, Gulliman's told him if he finds out he's doing anything like that again, uh, he will burn him to death. Um, He says, I tolerate the Adeptus Ministorum as a necessary evil. Do not force me to reevaluate my position. Yeah, he he was like, he's described as having the rage of Angron in, in that part of it. 
Uh, so he is, is not messing around. And the nice thing about it as well, Gullivan's like, we're done here. And the custodian is like, yeah, he said all that to you, but I will straight up kill you as well if if what he says is correct. <laughs> so imagine being kind of the mortal regent uh, of the Ministorum to Gulliman, and you've had two 10,000-year-old super soldiers tell you <laughs> that they will murder you. Straight up. Straight up. If anything bad happens that is remotely to do with the church. Um, I see that ending very poorly for him. Like yeah. just in general. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, he's going to trip and, and fall sometime or somebody else is going to do something like the battle sisters will fuck up, so to speak. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do their own thing. And then they'll be like, okay, well this is on you, dude. You should have been watching them and just take it away. Um, so at the end of this book, we're, we're kind of left with Gulliman and kind of his private thoughts. Right. Um, he again is Dana Scully season right. one through five of the X-Files. Uh, season seven, Dana Scully starts to come out kind of towards the end of the book. He's kind of trying to put everything in place about what happened. Um, the, the quote unquote miracles he saw, like it's pointed out that the saint that, that, that helped him in the battle knew where he's supposed to be while in psychic restraints with a sister of silence right. in the room, right. like with all of these things that should have stopped any kind of precognition or psychic power. Yet it still, it still happened, it still went out. So he, he decides the best course to do is to read the Leviticus Divinicus, or what's it, Le- Levita Divinicus? The Lectitio Divinicus. Lectitio Divinicus or Divinonatus, I'm not sure. Divinonatus. Yeah. Lots of vowels. Some shitty Latin-esque, like, yeah. But he starts to read that book, which gets me very excited for book three. Yeah. Because where does that leave? Do we have... A Gulliman who's going to be more comfortable with the faith, or even extolling the emperor as a god. Right. Because the things he's seeing, he can't explain. He can't explain, right. And he's a very practical person. I mean, they, they, they go into great detail throughout this book about what a practical person Gulliman is and how great his battle plans are and, and how great his stuff is and how intelligent he is. But again, he can't, he can't explain this stuff. Like, right. Why is this 15-year-old girl... You able know, to bypass all the things that would normally stop a psyker, so right. to speak. Right. Yeah. So we start to see him reach to other places for explanations. And, and where, where does this go now? Um, obviously all of our protagonists are still alive there. There is literal plot armor in 40 K now um, <laughs> where there's certain demons who cannot be banished forever or cannot be killed forever because they're needed for the end. Um, so I think Kugath is going to die. You think Kugoth's going to die? Well, like, he doesn't have a model. Uh, yeah. They just have Rodigus. Yeah, Rodigus is there. Kugoth, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm more likely to buy a great unclean one now because Kugoth is just such a fucking so man. So cool, yeah. Has some other cool things he does when, when before he goes and meets with Mortarian. Mortarian comes and is like, hey, I need you to come here. He's like, okay, sure. And he's like, don't be a dick. I could have literally just summoned you right now and you could have <laughs> been in front of me. And he's like, Kugoth is like, well, that would have ruined the diseases I'm making. So, yeah, thank you for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does have, like, a shitty attitude. And then, like, as soon as he gets done with him, he's like, that fucking asshole. Yeah, (laughs) to nurglings and plague bears. He's like, what a fucking dick. (laughs) Thinks he's so great. Um, But we hear about Ajax. As as everyone's kind of heading to Ajax. There's plagues happening in Ajax. Typhus is going to be heading to Ajax. Uh, Mortarian, I don't know what he's doing. Um, 
I said that's the only disappointing part to me. Uh, like Lords of Silence, I thought Mortarian was really well characterized. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I think just for what this book had to achieve in its page count, sure, there wasn't much room for Mortarian. I agree. Um, I think you needed to set up the demons more. You needed to set up the threat more, kind of the grand Nurgle plan. Well, and it plan. was cool to see character in the demons finally. Yeah, right? for sure. Because we've been told for years that like great, great unclean ones are pretty much just Nurgle. Right. But smaller versions. So they should exactly. have personalities. They should have this stuff. Like, um, why should I... It's the same issue that happens, like, you know, the end of the Avengers movies when they're fighting off against a, a, a horde of 30,000 CGI monsters. I, I stop caring because, you know... Right, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, they're killing a bunch of nobodies. Great. But, like, this book especially takes great pains on that. It goes over how the plague bearers are just counting incessantly. And then as they get scared, their counting gets, like, sporadic and things where they're always doing things. <laughs> Korgarth <laughs> has this great characterization. There's uh, my favorite plague bearer, Famine. He, he yeah. has a plague, oh, sorry, a, a great unclean one called Famine, who's described as being extremely fat. <laughs> Which, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Which I just want him to, like, I want to model that one, like, use the Forge World Giant one and just have him holding a banner that just says it's ironic. <laughs> but a lot of characterization went into the demons, and, and most characterization uh, went into Gulliman. And, and the Imperium itself, yeah. generally, is a character because. There was kind of some concern uh, when when Primarch started coming back, right? That Gulliman's like, well, Gulliman's charge. He was there. He literally wrote the fucking book. He's going to be like, well, no. Uh, this happens, this happens. You're wrong, you're wrong. Right. And now he has proof almost that, wait, maybe I'm wrong. For once. For once. Uh, the next thing as well is when he was looking at the Levitico, Levitico the, the book of Lorgar, sure. for, for, for better words, he, he was saying he looked at it and he was like, both he and the book were two people out of time. Yeah, that's so, true. So he does not like this future. He does not like being in this future. Uh, he's described as trying to create a stronghold in uh, Ultramar, you know, and kind of create the 700 worlds of Ultramar and kind of rebuild the Imperium from there. So I think we're moving to a place um, where Gulliman is, is trying to do what he said he was going to do or right. was doing in the heresy of, okay, I want to just restart it here and we'll move it out and we'll do it right. So I think soon uh, we're going to see kind of a, a big schism in the Imperium. Maybe another crusade? Maybe another so crusade. I see the schism happening and then somebody rising up to be, to like be against Gulliman. Like if it's another Primarch yeah. or like especially if they take over the Imperium Nihilus. Yeah. So if we look at Imperium Nihilus right now, because I think you're right, the, the, this is what leads to another Primarch coming back. Either Gulliman's going to convert to the Imperial Truth, and then another Primarch will come back and be like, what the fuck, Bob? <laughs> Dude, you went native. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is wrong. So either that's going to happen, or Gulliman's going to stay staunch and all that other kind of stuff. Sure. And we're going to have another Primarch show up who might have a different view. But I mean, who, who is might that? be more spiritualistic? Who? Yeah. Who? Who is more spiritualistic? I mean, the well, obvious choice um, for me was be. I would say Russ. Russ or the Khan. Those two, or maybe, or maybe Vulcan. Those three seem to be probably the most spiritual of the of the sure. Primarchs. The, the issue being, though, is if you remember back to Beast Arises with Vulcan, he was like, yeah, this is pretty much in completely the opposite of what he wanted. I'm done with Imperium. And sure. he, he walked away. 
Um, Russ, I could see is a good one. It has to be someone kind of kind of opposite to Dorn. But oh, like, sorry, to to Gulliman. Yeah, yeah. Because I was saying Dorn coming back, but then that's just Gulliman two point But like the lion knows the power of chaos, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know, like, because you always hear rumors about him, and he's confirmed for sure to be alive. So confirmed alive, we have the lion Sanguinius is well, in stasis and bow. <laughs> And if Gulliman came back from stasis on Ultra, oh god, I really hope it's not Sanguinus. I would be fucking pissed about that. <laughs> He's like the most dead of all the Primarchs. Like even deader than Dorn. No, true. Horus would be the deadest of all. No, no, no. Primarchs. I mean, like of the loyalist Primarchs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dorn just left someone else's hand and then went Maybe. fucked off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, you look big. <laughs> Chop off your hand. Here, let me all spray let with me a go flamer. buy some cigarettes. Tell my kids I'll be back yeah. in. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some years. cigarettes and milk. <laughs> I'll be back, kids. But yeah, it's definitely gonna be someone like that. Uh, the only show is that like uh, Space Wolf Codex is fairly new. But even then, the way they're releasing stuff now, who knows, man? Who knows? It's it's wide open. But I definitely see kind of the end of this book leading to, to something, to something, or it's gonna tie in with the release of something because they're making a big deal out of it. Yeah, um, Nurgle. Great opposition for for ultramarines. One, you know, clean, pure. Uh, the other ultramarines. Um, and again, I just I'm excited to see where this goes. I was like not impressed so much by the first one. I understand what it was trying to do. This one, it just so the only god that hasn't attacked him directly so far mm-hmm. is Slanesh. because it, on his trip back to Terra, mm-hmm. he got attacked by Magnus. Right. He got attacked by Scarbrand. Right. He got attacked by Mortarian. And, and all that's left is Slanesh. And that would bring back, have room for Fulgrim. And you have now uh, the priest popping boners about the thought about getting beaten by Gulliman. Sure. Which seems. And and, and he's got so much pride that he's like willing to. He has like, a lot of pride. He has yeah. a, he flagellates. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Maybe this leads back to Slanesh, back to 40K. We have some beautiful new miniatures for them. So Yeah, they are amazing. So who knows? But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Plague War. Like I said, I didn't want to kind of go beat by beat over sure. it. But, and I think we did a good job of not doing that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a good book. I would definitely recommend reading it. You don't have to have read Dark Imperium first. I agree. And, and it's good for catching up on what's going on in 40K today. Yeah, if you are interested in how 40K works now, this is a great... 40k current events, if you will. 40k current events, yeah. <laughs> no, 40k historical, uh, but it's it's kind of a great setup for this is how the Imperium works. And this well, is why stuff is like this, right? And the next chapter, and like, who knows what campaign book is going to be next, right? Yeah, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, well, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, 
a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CBS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. Oh, we're back. When I unmute us, we we are back. I'm so back. <laughs> hey, so Danny, we got a voicemail. Oh yeah, um, it was really interesting. Super interesting. I learned a lot from it. Um, I, I want to get our listeners' take on this um, and see kind of what what they think. Anytime now. Really? So, Danny, what's your opinion about contrast paint? <laughs> oh, really? I thought they were telling me that they were holding my Forge World order for non-payment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that showed up today, uh, ironically, from a 415 area code. So. Regardless, I'm going to have to pay a 25% tariff on that ship. <laughs> God damn! And all those poor Sylvaneth players. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, politics is fun, yeah, hey, isn't it? Uh, so, oh, yeah. sorry, John. You're, you're all good. <laughs> We're all good. It's all fun and games. Hey, so that is uh, that. That's about all I think that we, that we have. Yeah, and if you can translate that 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 wonderful voicemail, like I know the start is Ni Hao, which is hello, because I used to have younger kids who would watch Ni Hao Kailan. Oh, uh, which was uh, Dora for Chinese. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. True stories. Um, yeah, that, that's about all I have. To any event that you want to add? Uh, not really. Uh, okay. Well, I would say check us out on YouTube um, at the search for Mob Rules Podcast. Otherwise, you get a really amazing rock band. Um, <laughs> if you if you want to help support us, we do have a Patreon page uh, at Mob Rules John on Twitter. Yeah, or uh, at Vilgate Five uh, for Danny on yep. Twitter, and then what's Dave at? It's I think it's hashtag Dave sucks. So yeah, just include that. Yeah, hashtag Dave sucks, and we'll make sure that he gets that message. Uh, but for Marvels, I've been John. I've been Danny, and we'll see you next time. Bye.